0: Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire.
1: Welcome back. It's the Big Blue Banter New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joined as always, my co host, Nick Filato. Today, we were to do a little bit of an update. We've been seeing a report or reports from Paul Schwartz, who's a longtime beat writer for the Giants. And I mentioned in the past, and I'll mention it again. When it comes to Giants beat reporters that are left on the beat, it's Schwartz and it's Vacchiano for me as far as reports that I trust in the sense that I think they have actual sources in the building. The reporting has been really accurate versus the rest of the beat over time. and That's not to knock the rest of the beat. These days, I, I've mentioned this in the past, and I'll mention it again. It's really hard to get anything out of players these days. They're w- much more well-guarded. They have agents. They have publicists. They have people telling them not to give any information away. And in the building, the Giants are operating under a different system now with Joe Shane. They're not giving away as much information as they had in the past. So things aren't always going to get out. But Paul Schwartz has been pretty accurate far more than anyone else. And so is Ralph Vacchiano. And there are two reports that short, it was a, a report that Schwartz had both on Daniel Jones contract negotiation and Saquon Barkley's contract negotiation recently. So we're going to get into that today. Also, Dan Duggan had an interesting article. I thought in the athletic, which kind of speculated a bit on the comments. Joe Shane has made both on the Daniel Jones contract negotiations and the Saquon Barkley contract negotiations in his post, in his post buy or during his bye week Pressor that he had for the Giants and then what he said after the season and how different they were. So we're going to talk a little bit about both of those things. We're going to get into all of that today. But Nick, before we do that, how are you doing today, my friend?
2: I am excellent, Dan. We are in the speculation part of the season. The Senior yes. Bowl and East West Shrine game is going on. I'm really excited to kick into draft profiles, which we will be doing shortly here on the Big Blue Banter podcast. I'm starting to get really knee deep into the NFL
1: draft, Dan, and I'm quite excited about it. Yeah, the draft's the most fun part of the year but before we get to any of the draft we do have to take care of the business when it comes to the giants and that's all of their contract negotiations all of these free agents and what's going to happen in free agency so let's start with these reports from paul schwartz so the first one is we'll start with the one on saquon park so actually we can get first to what joe shane said at the combine, or not the combine at the um senior bowl this week when he was asked about these two upcoming contracts and he said we are not currently engaging in any contract negotiations with Daniel Jones, but he reiterated that we want him back as our quarterback. And then on the Barkley front, did you did you catch what he said on Saquon Barkley? I didn't catch exactly what he said on Saquon Barkley, but I believe he said we're, we're still in negotiations there.
2: They are in negotiations. There is essentially the essence of what he was saying. And one reason why I think that's the case, Dan, and yeah. I could be speculating here, is that But I think it makes sense. Joe Shane has a number for Saquon Barkley that he will not budge on. And I think that number is a firm set of number. And I think Joe or a firm number. And I think Joe Shane is probably going to operate like this for a lot of free agents. Obviously, quarterback position is a little bit more different. But I 12.5 is a number that I've seen float around Twitter a lot. And that's the number that I feel like makes a lot of sense. If you want to retain someone like Saquon Barkley, it's similar contract to Joe Mixon and Nick Chubb. But apparently I think it was reported that he denied or he didn't accept a deal that was somewhat akin to that during the season. Was that, was that report? Was that something that was reported and validated Dan?
1: Well, they did talk about how they got into co- contract negotiations with Saquon Barkley. And we'll talk a little bit about that um, later when it comes to Jones during the season, they didn't do that with Daniel Jones. Those negotiations were tabled. Essentially both sides couldn't come to any anywhere near an agreement and put toward the off season. Um, and we'll get into that now, actually, because that's part of the report. Part of the report from Paul Schwartz was he said, and this is a quote from Schwartz's article, he said, if Barkley is seeking anything close to the $16 million per year deal that Christian McCaffrey is making, a deal will not get done. The Giants do not seem inclined to move much higher than their $12.5 million per year offer. So it seems to me like the Giants are playing a little bit of hardball here with the Saquon Barkley negotiations. And this is interesting, too, because of what Dan Duggan kind of wrote in his article that I thought was very interesting. He said it's really a change of tone. Joe Shane during the bye week was talking about how, you know, we are negotiating with Saquon Barkley. We want to get something done with Saquon Barkley. And when it came to Daniel Jones, Joe Shane said we're still in the evaluation period with Daniel Jones. It was very much so we we like Saquon Barkley. We know what he is. We want to negotiate. We want to get a deal done. And on Jones, it was nah. we still need to see more. Now it's. We're going to resign jones we want to resign jones don't worry we haven't we haven't started negotiations yet but we're, we're going to get this thing done and with Barkley, it's like well i don't know are we going to get this thing done we have a number in mind it's very far off from the number that saquon reportedly wants which is that 16 million dollar per year offer 12.5 and 16 are nowhere near each other really when you're looking at a per year thing that's you know if you're signing a three-year deal that's 12 million if you're signing a four-year deal, at $16 million. That's a lot of guaranteed money differences as well. So things have changed, and I thought what was interesting about that, Nick, is the tone changed, and this is what Duggan also brought up as well, as the offense kind of changed, right? Like during that bye week when he had that presser, the Giants' offense ran entirely through Saquon Barkley. They really had a few things getting – they got a few things done in the passing game, but most of it was based off of play action of Barkley, roll out to your right or roll out to your left – dump it down to a tight end, hit the tight end outside, but it's still basically just an easy, quick read. And then after the bye week, not really after the bye week, but over the last four or five games of the season, they said, let's see what happens. And when we trust Daniel Jones to run this offense through him, and we even had a game where the Giants won and put up 31 points and Saquon Barkley had nine carries in that Vikings game. I think that might've been a very telling game for Joe Shane here and for the Giants as they move forward, because this is an incredibly difficult decision, I think, just from the standpoint of what it means to the lot, like the the human side to this whole thing, right? I think if this was an, if there was no human element to this and there was no locker room element to this, and there was no leadership element to this, and there was no John Mara element to this and fan base element to this, Joe Shane wouldn't re-sign Saquon Barkley. And it wouldn't even really be much of a thought for him. In my personal opinion, I don't think Joe Shane's the type of guy that wants to commit big money to a second running back contract. But I think that human element, Nick, and all of that factors in here, I really do believe that because you are telling a team that just got to the playoffs. And you even saw, like, the other day I, p- I posted something, Nick. I don't know if you saw this, but I posted um, just a question, really. I mean, it wasn't me making my point. People are uh, can, can say, you know, it's alluding to something. But my question, Nick, was like, is there any risk behind signing a second running back contract? And I, and I outline all the risk behind signing Saquon Barkley, to the second contract, obviously the old line still is King here, all those things. And Darius Slayton quote tweeting me was like, are you crazy, man? You think you can get this kind of production out of day three backs and, and things of that nature, which is not the point I was trying to make at all. But the point I'm trying to make with saying that is, That's the locker room right there, right? That's the teammates. That's the guys who in their mind, they're like, Saquon Barkley's everything to this team. He was the reason why we did what we did. And they're not thinking like, oh, running backs fall off at age 26. They're not thinking like, oh, the history of giving second running backs contract is is brutally bad. None of that goes through any of their mind. But at the same time for Joe Shane, he has to consider, what does that tell my, what do I tell my team? What do I tell the locker room? If I do say we can move on from Saquon Barkley and, and go from there.
2: It's an interesting point. And no, I did not see that from darius layton i find that to be yeah. hilarious but i was just gonna ask and maybe we can just get a hold of next year's script to see if saquon barkley is actually on the
1: roster oh uh, yeah we can check out the script uh for next year right i don't know if we're gonna get our hands on the script i think they only hand it out to the players but no man i i can't even get into all that because that stuff to me is so funny i had a friend today ask me um who's not as really into football but like just sees things going on he asked me did you see like he asked me my thoughts and if i saw the whole script thing i was like no man like that's that's not like the the nfl is a 10 billion now it's over 10 billion dollars in revenue business it's basically one of the only good industries we have left in this country which is crazy that we've gotten to this point it's like it reminds me of frank sabaka in season two of the wire this is not a spoiler nick so don't worry but and it's fine don't worry this is not a spoiler you're just going to have to hear this because this is not a spoiler, but he said, we used to build things in this country. Now, all we do is put our hands in the pockets of the next person and take, and then the next person. And he's right. Like we don't build anything. What do we have as an industry in this country? I don't know. I don't want to get into that kind of discussion right now, but somehow the NFL is one of our biggest industries in the country. So a $10 billion revenue industry industry is not going to risk everything by fixing it with a script.
2: Kind of make it clear to the people yeah. who aren't on Twitter. So <laughs> Arian Foster on the podcast with uh someone from Barstool um, PFT got PFT me. from yeah PFT comments biggest troll on the internet Yeah, he's a huge troll. He sarcastically said that the NFL was scripted, only the conversation made it seem like it was something that was true. And it was an obvious joke by some of the stuff he was saying. But I don't think a lot of people watched it and they just saw the headlines, and people actually believed that the NFL was scripted and that Arian Foster was kind of giving away the big secret. And it was entertaining. But back to Saquon Barkley and and Daniel Jones, man. I I can totally understand what Darius Slayton is saying. I think Saquon Barkley is very valuable to this locker room. I still think he's a very valuable player who can still be a true impact player here for the Giants moving forward if he can stay healthy, right? But you have to weigh in the cost. What essentially his long-term contract or whatever you sign him to, how that's going to impact you with the future contracts you're going to sign with the Dexter Lawrence's of the world, with the Andrew Thomas's of the world, the Xavier McKinney's, right? So that is where I think you were coming from. And I'm okay with 12.5. Look, if they let him walk, I'm... I think I'm okay either way. I think you're in the same boat ideally. I think you don't, you would rather pursue maybe, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you would rather go in another direction at the running back position. Me, if Saquon Barkley is back, I will be okay with it. If the Giants do opt to let him walk, if he is asking for 16 million, which is almost resetting the running back market because Christian McCaffrey only makes a smidge more than that. If the Giants do allow him to walk, I think I'll be fine. You know, so I'm kind of just on the, on the ship of like, whatever Joe Shane does, I will be okay with, but I do think you can't just replace Saquon Barkley with, with a third round back or something like that. I think he has more value than that. It just always comes down to the cost, right? Because that's what this is all about. The cap is a real thing. I know it can be maneuvered as we've said several times in the podcast, but it is a real thing and you have to be judicious with how you allocate your money moving forward. When you have a lot of young players that you're going to pay.
1: Right. And as far as there's a lot to address there, but I just want to see, t- touch on something you said in the back end, as far as manipulating the cap in the way that t- people like Howie Roseman are doing with the Eagles, with all those prorated contracts and the void years, you really shouldn't, you shouldn't. and. Giants won't be doing any of that until they're in their Super Bowl window. When you're in your Super Bowl window, that's when you start doing that kind of thing. And Joe Shane's already made it clear. I want to keep us in cap health. That's not cap health. That's the opposite. And that's fine because I still think you're getting an advantage the way they run it. But there's no point in doing that until you get into that Super Bowl window. Why? Well, we just saw what happens when you can do that outside the Super Bowl window. Dave Gettleman did that outside of a real Super Bowl window. Maybe in his mind, we were in a Super Bowl window somehow last year in 2021. But the reality was the Giants were not. And now they're paying the price for it. They paid the price for it this year. They're going to pay for the uh, last year. They're going to pay the price for it, price for it in 2023 as well. As far as the Barkley situation goes, I'm not totally against resigning Barkley. And it's not, it's not, I'm, I'm kind of on the border here. I could go either way here because there's a lot of factors. And I put that in the tweet under the, the slate where slate and quote tweeted me in my second reply. It's like, I'm just outlining one side of the case. There's also the other side of the case. The other side of the case is look, he's still their best and most explosive skill player. And not only that, if you look across the NFL and you look at some of the contracts that these receivers are signing, you could look at it and say, well, if I'm going to pay $15 million a year, $18 million a year for Christian Kirk, why not just pay $16 million a year for Saquon Barkley, right? And in that sense, it makes a lot of sense from that standpoint it's like we should definitely resign barkley right he's obviously a more explosive and better impact player than christian kirk but unfortunately the replacement level for kirk the richie james of the world or whoever let's not even say the richie james of the world let's say like a fourth or fifth round receiver who played this year like um i, I don't know like uh like a Khalil Shakir, uh, Khalil Shakir, who played for the Bills in the playoff game a little bit. A Khalil Shakir is not making the same kind of impact that a Damian Pierce is making. It's not making the same kind of impact that a Khalil Herbert is making. And now you can even look at the UDFA free agent running backs who have hit as well over the years. And you're like, okay, I can see where we're going there. And the Saquon Barkley discussion for me, the, the, the con side of it, Nick, has never been about what will Saquon Barkley do in 2023. I think there's a good chance he stays healthy and has a great 2023. It's all about what will happen in 2024 and 2023. 2025 and 2026 or if you give a four-year deal when there's guaranteed money that you still have on the books in those years and you're thinking about it and you're like, wait a second. Is he still effective at that point? Is he gotten injured again? Is he beating? Is he becoming the big outlier? Because we know age, age, age 26 and a half is when these guys really tend to fall off. There are outliers. There's not many, but there are outliers. So that's what the, the Barkley discussion is not really about the now for me. It's all about the future. And I am still fine with them signing him for the reason I outline mostly above, which is, look, you have to pay like Jacoby Myers. You're going to someone's going to pay Jacoby Myers 12 million a year or something like that, right? Like Zaquan Barkley is a much better player to me. And someone even asked me, should the Giants let recently in, in reply, someone asked me like, should the Giants just let Barkley walk and use that money on Jacoby Myers? And I thought about that. And I'm like, no, I don't want Jacoby. Like, I get it. I understand where they're coming from you can replace Barkley and I'm not saying you replace him with one day three back you can go two day three backs, or you could go a day two and day three. Look at who's get going on day two. Kenneth Walker went on day two, right? Like DeAndre Swift, there's there's tons of a mate. Jonathan Taylor was a day two back. Day two might be the range for a running back. For me, it's not even about using high capital. Or where you are going to use it? It's all about like, do you sign up that second contract? That's where the risk comes into play. It's always the second contract, which is always why Nick and I, and I know you agree with me. That's why I'm assuming you agree with this because we've already discussed this. While we've always said like, don't use that second pick on a running back. When you know that you're already kind of setting yourself up for failure because you can't really mathematically sign him to a second contract. Or not mathematically, you can't logically second sign that to a second contract and feel good about that at any point. So with Barkley, it is about that. And I think that's why Joe Shane is where he's at, where he's like, we're at 12.5. That's the amount we want to allocate to this position on a second deal. And we're not going to move too far off that no matter who it is.
2: I mean, I think that's a completely fair. Assessment of the situation. Now, I also think, as I'm sure people are listening, they're like, "Well, I want Saquon Barkley back." I think that's fair too. I think you got to try to convince Saquon Barkley to come back on that deal. If he's going to get paid more than that from another team, look, man, that 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 sucks. I love Saquon Barkley. This is an economical game. You need to be smart with your money. And as we've said, there are a lot of assets on this roster that are going to be coming up for possible position leading type of deals. Like Andrew Thomas might reset the market. Dexter Lawrence might reset the market. I don't know if Xavier McKinney will, depending on if he he's eligible now to to resign I don't know if he will after breaking his hand in Cabo We might want right. to wait it out because he might get a bigger deal next offseason. But we'll have to wait and see exactly how that transpires. But what about Daniel Jones, man? What's the what's the word about Daniel Jones right now? It doesn't appear like Joe Shane has initiated conversations yet with his representatives I think is what he said according to Paul Schwartz down at the senior bowl but that's coming soon because it really does seem like not certain but it's near certain that Daniel Jones will be
1: back and be the quarterback for the Giants yeah I want to touch one more thing on Barkley before we wrap up then we'll get into some Jones I think the fact the matter is this look if the giants play hardball with, with Barkley, like this report is suggesting, and they say, look, we have 12.5 million. He's not going to accept that. I don't think he's going to come to us uh, the giants at any point And be like, you know what? I changed my mind. We're going to do that. Cause he has an agent and he wants to get paid. Yeah. And so he will hit the market. And at that point, I don't think it's a, maybe I think it's a, it's a, it's it will happen. Someone's going to offer him a much bigger deal than the giants are going to offer him probably close to that 14, 15, $16 million per year. He wants, and he'll have to make the decision at that point. Is it worth staying with the giants where I want to end my career back in that locker room where I love people, or am I going to take the money and go to a different place because they're not going to have to allocate $36 million to the quarterback position per year, mm-hmm. like the Giants are about to do with Daniel Jones. That's the difference right there, right? If you're Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars, can you offer Saquon Barkley a $60 million contract, knowing that you don't have to pay Trevor Lawrence for a long time? That's 30 mil, 35 million. That's about a probably 28. I don't know. I think the the rookie scale is probably like 8 million a year. I think it's if just from memory, I think it's about, what'd you say? It's around there. Yeah. It's around 8 million per year that they're going to allocate to Trevor Lawrence that th- those types of quarterbacks. So 8 million versus the 36. Daniel's probably going to get it. Let's say it's 35 that Daniel's going to get. That's 27 million per year in cap space more that these types of teams have to spend on a Saquon Barkley type asset than the Giants have. Right. So in that sense, it doesn't really matter to them if they're giving 16 or 12 or 13 or 14 to Barkley, they have the money to burn the Giants. Once they re-sign Jones, do they have that money to burn? That's always been the question with this whole Barkley situation, right? We're not really that team that has the rookie contract. We're done with our rookie contract, that quarterback. It's over with say goodbye to it. We're done. We had that break. We had the years of doing it. Gettleman went all in with the Gala and the Rudolphs and all the, all the crap that he brought onto this roster that didn't help us and only made us worse and only hurt our cap situation. Those teams, and I don't know, I haven't thought about all of them, Nick, but I'm trying to think of other teams that come to mind. The Jaguars came right to mind, right? Like, if you put Barkley on that team, I think that's a good ad for Doug Peterson right now in the in the Trevor Lawrence window, personally. ETN's all right. I'm not a huge fan of ETN. Barkley, remember some of those power gap runs we saw against the Giants that ETN was, like, picking the wrong hole. In? I could just see Barkley doing really well there in that situation. No state tax as well will impact, could impact decision. Well, Miami's another example of that, right? They have Tua in the rookie contract window. They don't really have a running back right now on that roster. Can you imagine Barkley signing there too. So there will be teams that come out and say, we can offer him a lot more money because we don't have to pay the quarterback. And that's the big thing with the Barkley situation. That's what's making it tough for Joe Shane. That's what's making it tough for the Barkley to come to the same term as the giants. And that's, what's going to make things really tough for him to actually be re-signed. If, they stay with this stance that they have right now, according to Paul Schwartz, which is we want 12.5, you want 16, hit the market, come back to us. If he hits the market, I don't know that he's coming back. Yeah. If he hits the market, that's where it's going to get interesting because I think you're right.
2: Someone's going to offer more than 12 and a half. And I know we're on a tight schedule here, so we should probably get into Daniel Jones. So what is the latest news on Daniel Jones and what are your opinions as to what I referenced a little bit before? It almost seems certain that he's going to be back as the Giants quarterback
1: yeah it seems certain but to some extent but I'm not so I I feel like it's it's certain based on what Joe Shane has said and I think the certainty could come down to the fact that at worst they'll franchise tag him I think that's where this is leading to a franchise tag and then maybe they'll this and they'll obviously not maybe they'll discuss and hopefully come to terms with the deal but according to Paul Schwartz and again I do take his opinions on the Giants from source. I feel like he's very well sourced. He says they're looking at a five-year contract for Daniel Jones that they feel is ideal for the team because it would allow them to spread the bonus money across the maximum years allowed, which would decrease his cap hit in 2023. And that number that he's floating is in the $35 million per year range.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: $35 million, if I'm not mistaken, that is going to be north of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins makes 35. And I think he has a point too. Like he defeated Kirk Cousins in the playoffs. He might not have had the passing stats that Cousins had during the season, but that's definitely something that his representatives can lean on and be like, look, what Kirk Cousins is making this. Jared Goff makes around that type of money. Carson Wentz makes an enormous amount of money for his skill set. He makes $32 million a year. The franchise tag is what, 32.5? I'm imagining if the Giants do sign him to that five-year deal and do not franchise tag him, he's going to ask for more than that. You're talking about probably a little bit more than 34, 35, somewhere around that range. It's just, are you comfortable giving that to a quarterback who was written off last offseason and Brian Dable helped revitalize his career? That's the real conversation with Daniel Jones. Now, in terms of the five-year deal, Dan, I think a lot of contracts right now are constructed to where the teams can get out of them after two years. So I really think this would end up being more like a two-year deal that the Giants can get out of without a huge burden on them after
1: about two seasons. So a few things on that. I'll first start by saying with the cousins aspect of it and in and, and that range of quarterback. The only thing that make that comes to my mind is it's it's so tough with these contracts because one – there's a market price for these quarterbacks, right? Like it's already been determined based on all these other contracts Two, We just had two massive F-ups in the NFL, the Murray contract and the Kyler contract and the Deshaun Watson contract. And they've really screwed up the entire landscape of this whole thing. They've made it impossible to, to come to any kind of logical, like, you know, reasonable deals with these quarterbacks. You have to overpay every single one, or you're not going to get them back because the market has dictated that That's the price. There's no, there's no budging. There's no, there's no room to budge here. So we start with that and we understand why that's why he wants a deal in that range. But what you just described, Nick, ideally, that's what I would hope would happen. But this, what this report, is not telling me that this report is telling me a five-year deal that allows them to spread the bonus money across the maximum years allowed if you're spreading the bonus money across the maximum years allowed you do not have an out to get out of that contract you're pushing that dead cap into you're spreading the dead cap all the way i don't want to call it dead cap because they're not going to cut it but if you were to want to cut daniel jones if things don't work out and it turns out well, his one of four good years, his one year of the NFL of the four years was good. The other three were bad and that's the quarterback. It's not this new one. If that ends up happening, and I don't think that's going to happen. I hope not because that would suck for us. But if that ends up happening, now you will have less of a chance to get out of that contract because you're pushing the cap. You're pushing the bonus money across the entirety of the contract. doesn't mean you can't get out of it, right? It will mean like this, like year four, year five, there'll be some bonus money. They'll take a big dead cap it if they want to move him, cut him, trade him, anything like that. Because even if you trade him, you're still on the hook for some of that bonus money. So that's what's interesting to me. A five year deal in the $35 million range, which would put them at, I don't know, a little bit over about $175. That would be. Now the big number would be if you're doing five years, $175 million, let's say, for example. And that was quick math in my head. I think that's right. Let's see. 35 70, 140 plus another 35. So 175. I think I nailed that one. So five years, 175, right? Poker player. With bonus okay. money, nah, I was just lucky. With bonus, my my math is horrible. With bonus money that's spread across the maximum years allowed, according to Schwartz two decreases cap it for 2023. That's again, so they have room to 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 budge this year, so they're not you know in a in a spot like they were this year where they're so tight against the cap they can barely call up their practice squad players. They can't sign Linville Joseph in season, despite having no defensive line depth. They're stuck at linebacker. All the things we saw this season from the Giants, they don't want to do that ever again. Obviously, so they decrease the cap it. They spread the the, the bonus money across the years. Now it will come down to how much guaranteed money are you going to give Daniel Jones? The more you see in that guaranteed. So it's five years, 75. If that's like the Kyler Murray or the Sean Watson contract or the Kirk cousins contract, for example, by the way, which was like all guaranteed. That was the first deal. Yeah, of that, was, which is why the Vikings have been in the situation where they haven't been able to get out of that contract, even though some people think they might kind of want to and move on. They can't, they, all they can do is keep, they keep pushing it back, prorating it, kicking the can because it's the only way they can even feel the roster essentially that they want, like that can be competitive. At some point, that's going to come back to bite the Vikings. And now that's the question with the Giants, right? Like, if you do that five-year, seventy 175, and it's like 125 of it is guaranteed or something like that, now you're not going to have that two-year out, Nick, because you have already put so much bonus money into this, so much guaranteed, and you're spreading the money across the max years allowed. So a lot of that is kicking in later in the contract
2: thing about Kirk Cousins, he resigned, I believe, an extension, a one-year extension in 2022 yes. going into the season, which was also fully guaranteed. It was like $35 million fully guaranteed just for that extra year. And I think they yeah, added a void year
1: to that, by the way.
2: Yeah, they did, yes. It's interesting with the Daniel Jones thing. Like, I I don't fully know exactly how the cap works in terms of what the Giants could do to get out of that deal. But you're right, man, because that's the point of giving them the five-year deal, so you can spread it out so it's not such an absorbent... And, cap hit in 2023 i don't i just don't know if joe shane would want to it doesn't make sense it doesn't seem like joe shane would be the type of general manager so far that would want to lock himself into a quarterback that long though that's where i'm like i there are a lot of ways you can maneuver the cap that's where i'm just a little bit curious as to it doesn't make full sense to me that he would want to just give a five-year deal to daniel jones if there wasn't a
1: way he could get out of it after a couple seasons but it, that's that. And I, I know what you're saying, but that's the tough spot he's in, right? Because either, yeah. you, you, either you do what you just said, right? Like you you don't give him that five-year deal and spread the money back to the end because you want to have that two-year out in case he doesn't work out and in case the development doesn't go the way you want it to. But at the same time, if you do it that way, then you're putting most of the cap hit in the early years. And that doesn't allow you to it's a, it's a catch 22, right? Cause that doesn't allow you then to have cap space to build the roster and give him the talent around him that he's quote unquote needs yeah. to get better. So it's the, it's the toughest spot for the GM on one hand, you're like, yeah, J- Joe Shane, he wants to be a little bit more sure before he puts all this guaranteed money into a quarterback spreads it over five years. I get that. But at the same time, if he does take that time to be more sure, like you said, give himself a two year out. Well, then he's not going to have much cap space to help Daniel Jones right now and put a receiver around him, trade for a receiver, resign him or sign a receiver or put an offensive line or whatever it's going to be to make his team better linebacker corner. we all, we all know the holes the giants have on this roster right now. So that's the total catch 22. Either you go all in on Daniel Jones and you say, let's just do this thing, right? Let's, let's give him a low cap hit for 2023, a five-year deal, a ton of the the guaranteed money is on the back end of that contract. And we just load the roster up with talent around him. We say, F it, let's do this thing. And then we might be aft. <laughs> we might be screwed in the future. Or you say, oh, I'm not so sure. And then you kind of give him the, you know, the deal where most of the money's up front. And in two or three years, there's not much guaranteed money left. So if it didn't work out, we can cut him and move on. But then if you do that, what did you put around him? Right. So then the question will always be with Giants fans. Well, you didn't really give him the receivers he needed. Well, you didn't really give him the offensive line he needed. So we still don't really know in two years, even if Joe Shane in his mind thinks he does know. So it's a very tricky situation on on the Jones front. The Barkley one's very cut and dry to me. I don't think if they let him t- 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 pass that market, he's coming back to the Giants. So either they're going to get get to a deal and they're going to go closer to the sixteen million that Barkley wants, or Barkley's going to hit the market. The Jags, the Dolphins, any of these teams, the rookie contract that quarterback are going to give him the sixteen million, and that's just going to be it for him. The Jones one's really tricky because it's either you go all in. Or you do what, you know, and you go, and that's basically what Schwartz is suggesting, right? If they spread that money across, decrease his cap it in 2023, like he's saying, that's the all in strategy. That's the, we want the cap space. Now we want to put talent around Jones and that's fine. And that's what it is. But it's a very, it's a very interesting spot. I think. Is that
2: a speculation from Schwartz or is that something that someone told him?
1: Um, I think he's. It's based on what he's hearing, type of thing. You know, like he has his sources, program. and that that's what that's what the read I got from it. But it's not like he's a source. It's not source reporting or anything like that.
2: Exactly. So it's not even one hundred percent certain because I still think there's a world where the Giants might their best course of action could be even like a franchise tag on Daniel Jones, and then I figure it out.
1: Jones to be honest, yeah.
2: Tag me. Jones, be like, okay, thirty two point five million this year. We'll figure that out, and then maybe we can work on a deal moving forward, depending on whatever variable happens throughout free agency throughout the draft or what have you i also think the giants it would behoove them to re-sign andrew thomas right now during this offseason right mm-hmm. dexter lawrence too he's playing on that fifth year option you can re-sign him these long-term pieces re-sign them now because if you re-sign them next year then that market is going to be higher right like we see a lot of smart teams the eagles do stuff like this we've seen a lot of teams i think the ravens have done stuff like this as well so a lot of front offices that are pretty smart gotten ahead of it in terms of re-signing the talent that they know they want to be building blocks on that team and the Giants have several of those players that is a great place to be in cuz it's not a situation the Giants have been in for quite a while yeah. and so much talent just walk right out the door dan in the past right now we're talking about guys that Dave Gettleman drafted that are going to be huge cogs huge important impact players on this roster for Joe Shane moving forward but it's going to come at a price and that's why another variable as to why these contracts specifically with daniel jones and even saquon barkley even though i think i'm right there with you they're not going to nudge off that 12.5 or whatever the number is but specifically with daniel jones i think that's another reason why this gets so damn complicated
1: yeah it does and and the good news about that is as you mentioned not only are they cornerstone guys they're young they were drafted by us they're also in the trenches you and I both believe yes. this game is one in the trenches football. So we got two trench players that are going to reset the market. Andrew Thomas, probably going to be the highest paid left tackle in the NFL. In my opinion, that's my guess there. Dexter Lawrence, I don't see how he wouldn't be the highest paid defensive tackle either. I mean, you look it's at the just, numbers from this year. Yeah, Go Aaron on.
2: Donald gets like 31.
1: That's I think a, he'll probably a, get like the 30. Cool. Look, look at what they gave and, Leonard Williams, right? Like he's a much better player than Leonard Williams was when the yeah. Giants resigned Leonard Williams. Much better much better player than Leonard Williams. So there's no way in my mind that he doesn't get that kind of deal and we'll see what happens. But the fact of the matter is if you're going 30 there and you're going 20, whatever on Andrew Thomas, and you're going 35 on Jones, where's the money for Barkley, right? Where's the money for any of this? And that's probably why. Schwartz is speculating or reporting what he's reporting that the Giants are going to go this route. Cause if that's the case, you kind of have to go all in on Jones and spread that bonus money across the max years, because you got to get a low cap hit on that quarterback early. So you can actually afford Dexter Lawrence and Andrew Thomas and Saquon Barkley and whatever else it would be.
2: The one thing I will say about Leonard Williams contract, the AV on that is 21. That's about 10 million right. less. It's just, they spread that shit out and they backloaded it like True, crazy. Yeah, yeah. He's getting paid. Maybe it'll be like 25 million. Yeah, I think that's about 5 million more than Chris Jones. I think Chris Jones' AAV is about 20. So I think okay. like maybe, yeah, so that's where I'm looking. I'm looking at like 22 and a half, 23, 23. Yeah, something like that. Because Chris Jones, he, there's going to come a time when Dexter Lawrence signs that contract, Chris Jones is going to be like, <coughs> excuse me, especially yes. if they win the Super Bowl this year. You know, he's going to definitely be looking for a new contract to reset whatever Dexter gets.
1: Right. That's a good point. So maybe a a 30 was definitely too high on that. I don't know. Aaron Donald got a very big contract, I guess, that more. I didn't know he was that much more than Chris Jones. But yeah, that's a good point. There Maybe thinking in the 23, but even if it's a 23 range for him and I don't know what Andrew Thomas will make, because I don't I haven't looked at left tackle contracts in a while, but I'm sure it's up there. That's still those are four huge chunks of your salary right there. Jones, Barkley. You don't really you kind of have to do what Schwartz is suggesting again, and and spread that bonus money across the max years allowed. So you have the lower cap, which is also kind of against what Shane has somewhat preached in this time. But I think he is preached one thing, but that was before he had the quarterback. If he has the quarterback and makes a decision to re-sign Jones, then honestly, at that point, he's saying like, we need to just kind of do something with this cap. We can't just be in great cap elf anymore. We have a 36 million, $35 million quarterback on our roster. And Ultimately, what you said about Barkley, one more interesting thing I want to touch on that. I actually think the Giants will, I still kind of think the Giants will resign Barkley and I think they'll come closer to his number. And I've always kind of thought it'll be somewhere in between the 12 and the 16, like 14 million per year. And that's kind of what it will be. And that I think will happen after Barkley tests the market. So it's going to be an interesting offseason. I think he'll test the market. He'll get a big offer. It'll be about 15, 16 million a year. He'll bring it back to the Giants. And the Giants will say, all right, let's do 14. Stay with the Giants. This is where you want it to be. And let's go from there.
2: I, mean, I think I would respect Barkley for that, too, because Zeke makes 15. And you know, Barkley and his agent are like, you got to make more than that freaking guy. That's true. At this point, and it's just like, oh, how do you how do you want, how do you weigh that situation if you're Saquon Barkley? You know he wants to be here in New York. Are you really going to not take extra money just because you want to stay in New York? Especially right. if you go to one of those states that are that are tax free on the income, which would uh, be like you know Florida, Texas, Nevada, Tennessee,
1: wherever. But
3: it
2: is what it is, I guess.
1: And one thing to wrap up on on the Jones thing that you brought up, or that's something you said a few a few minutes ago that caught my attention. I read recently, like, there, remember, we had this whole discussion this offseason for the last couple of weeks, not just we, like, any podcast talking about the NFL is like, oh, Lamar Jackson to the Jets, Ooh, Lamar Jackson to this. And then we've seen, like, no, the Ravens are going to literally put the exclusive franchise tag on Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And that's, in my mind, basically what the Giants should do with Daniel Jones. And that under that tag, you pay him a little bit more, Jones, whatever it would be. But then if any team wants to re-sign Jones... You get two first round picks back, I believe, if that team signs him or the chance end the chance to match, I'm pretty sure. I don't know the full terms. I shouldn't have, you know, I, maybe I should have looked it up or riff in here, but I think it's something like that. You get a, either one or two first round picks and the chance to match. And I agree with, you know, some people are saying like, we can't let Jones hit the market because Jones will get offers from these teams. That could be the case. I agree. Jones showed a lot of progress this year. So that makes sense. But then if you put the exclusive franchise tag on him and those teams want to negotiate with Jones, and they give him a big offer. Well, now either you're getting two first round picks back if you let him go or the chance to match whatever contract they give him. So that really puts the Giants in a good position. I really think ultimately if Joe Shane's playing this perfect, he's going to put the tag on Daniel Jones. Now for me, for me, I would just let that tag ride out all year. Personally, I think the best course action for this Giants franchise is to franchise tag Daniel Jones, exclusive franchise tag, and play the whole season out on that. It's a quarterback. It's not unheard of. Kirk Cousins had to do it for two years. It's possible. We've seen this happen before in the NFL. Not every quarterback gets the deal right away. Sometimes they have to prove themselves a little bit more. And I'd love to see a second season of Daniel Jones where they actually have some cap space. The only issue with that is, by the way, this is the problem with that, which is why they probably won't end up doing it maybe if they do that nick they probably have to figure out a way to table lawrence to table thomas to table Julian. you know cuz if you do that cat there's no way to spread the cap it if you do a, if the franchise tag out for the year that's at 32 33 million whatever it is for this year against the cap if the now yeah, the exclusive, exclusive is 45 there you go 45 maybe yeah, it's that's a lot and maybe the Ravens ultimately just use that to negotiate with Lamar and come to a long-term deal where they can lower the cap hit. But let's say we did do the exclusive for Jones. That's $45 million against the cap next year. That's the issue with that.
2: Yeah, so. that's the exclusive. Now, the non-exclusive is 32 and a half. still so a huge a, hit, though, for next the, year. Yeah, still a huge hit, but it's still a pretty substantial difference between the two.
1: But also, when I hear about it like that, Nick, and I'm thinking about it now, I think that whole two-year, three-year out thing that we were hoping for or thinking about is kind of done. Like I don't know how the Giants would ever pull that off because the only way to pull that off is by lowering the cap or is by not lowering the cap it for this year, right? Because then you have to kind of play it straight across the deal and have that 35, 35, 35, 35 or something like 33, 37, whatever it would be. To try to get out of that contract and pay most of it up front and then you don't have the cap space if you're paying most of it up front to sign anyone this off season or to sign your own or to build the guys that you supposedly need to build around daniel jones to make him a super Bowl quarterback the receivers the offensive line everything like that so it's a very tricky spot it is a very tricky spot and i'm really interested
2: to see what joe shane does i think it will tell us a lot about what the path for this team is moving forward yep
1: So thank you to everybody listening in today. thought these were two interesting comments and and reports from Paul Schwartz, who's done a really good job covering the giants over the years. And more importantly, he's just really locked in and I think he's really tuned in with his sources. So, We'll see what happens. A lot more time to go here. The Giants obviously probably won't make any decisions on this until the new league year or at least until the end of the Super Bowl. So keep it locked and loaded. We're going to have more content coming your way soon. Our next piece of content is going to be a review of the Giants 2023 draft class or 2022. Sorry, draft class. So we're going to go into Joe Shane's first class with the idea that, look, this was with some of the most capital probably ever have as GM of the giants. This was a high capital draft. He had picks at five and seven, which are worth like thousands of points on the trade chart. So this was a draft that will set the tone for his entire tenure as a, as a giants GM. And will set the term for this franchise moving forward. As we obviously know you win through the draft. So there's a lot to discuss on what they, on how that class looks after year one and how we think it will look moving forward. So keep it, keep it locked and loaded. We'll be there soon, but otherwise have a great rest of your week. And we'll talk to you soon.